0: (laughs) a few weeks ago i talked about how finding your own path to parenthood can feel like a choose your own adventure book and how the page i thought i was going to choose partnering up then making a baby it might not be the route i actually take and i'm not the only one my experience
1: was just different you know Four adults to one baby. That is a good ratio. For the past 10 years or so, I have felt really certain about the idea that I want to be a parent. And less convinced by the idea that I want to be married.
0: I asked you guys to tell me how you became parents. And whoa. Do you know how much money that is in sperm? A lot of you wrote in. Like so much. And I figured since, you know, I'm turning 33 soon and I'm still single. Trying to get
1: pregnant almost broke my relationship. I really like being single. I just also want to be a mom.
0: I want to find the best way to do it. This is the longest, shortest time. I really think you should consider moving to another part of the country. Huh, well, that's a thought. I'm Andrea Salenzi. Today, we're going to hear stories from a bunch of you on how you went from wanting kids to having them. And we're going to spend some time with a woman who got there through sperm donation. Somehow, New Kids on the Block gets involved. You'll see. First, guys, I want to share with you some of the messages that have shown up in our inbox.
1: When I hit my early 30s, I was like you. I wanted my Saturday nights to be curled
0: up on the couch with my husband and my toddler watching Frozen for the 15th time. This is Jaya in Minneapolis, who... When she was ready for kids, she moved to an entirely new city to improve her chances of meeting someone. And she had some advice for me.
1: Pour a glass of wine, go on Match.com, and enter in different zip codes around the country. Seriously, try Austin, Minneapolis, Portland. They all have very different dating cultures, and you'll totally see that reading their profiles. After you've explored this, really
0: think about where your heart and mind are and find a place that resonates with you. When Jaya moved from San Francisco to Minnesota... Suddenly, there were fewer guys with roommates, obsessed with learning how to rock climb, and more guys who own their own homes, ready for kids. She's now a mom to three, two stepkids, and a toddler of her own. Now, here's Melody. I was so surprised to hear my own path to
1: parenthood reflected in the longest, shortest time. I'm a 35-year-old woman,
0: single, and planning to become a parent by the end of 2018. Melody lives in Kentucky. And she likes being single. She never wanted to be married. So, for the past 10 years, she's been working towards a plan to become a single mom at 35. She's now 35. This is the year she's taking the plunge.
1: I'm planning to start the foster care licensing process this summer with the idea that I could have a child placed with me before the end of 2018. From that point on, who knows what will happen. The plan's starting to feel more real, and she's getting nervous. There's a lot of excitement underneath that nervousness, though. We also
0: heard from Scout. Hi, my name's Scout. And I'm Lyndon, and we are calling from Canada.
1: So I'm eight months pregnant, and I will be co-parenting this baby with Lyndon. We aren't in a romantic relationship, and we're intentionally choosing and really excited to be parenting together and creating family in a way that does not rely on romantic
0: love. For Scout and Lyndon, it was freeing to separate parenting from their love life. This isn't some consolation prize because our partners don't want kids
1: and we're making do. We both have partners and they will be the vice parents, AKA really
0: involved adults in this kid's life who are not taking on full parenting responsibilities. And we heard from listeners who had partners but struggled with co parenting. Lisa and York had always thought her husband would be the perfect dad. She'd watched him with his nieces back when they were dating. But somehow, after their son was born, they never became a team. Lisa had a difficult birth via C-section and a lot of trouble breastfeeding, and she wanted her husband to stay in the hospital for the first few nights to help care for the baby. But he said he didn't want to.
1: That's kind of when the nurse was like, okay, listen, you need to spend the night tonight. And he kind of, you know, reluctantly was like, oh, okay,
0: all right, I'll, you know, I'll stay. You guys also wrote to tell us how challenging and expensive it is when the traditional path towards parenthood isn't available to you. Rosa in Portland was struck by an episode we did a few months ago about family planning as queer people of color. I sobbed in the
1: car. I wasn't planning on it, and I didn't expect it, but I did. It's so random that I find stories that reflect My own journey as an immigrant, queer, person of color, Latina, and twin mommy, raising Black boys and married to a Black woman.
0: I got her on the phone, and this is a first for me, But the two of us couldn't stop talking about sperm. Nobody tells you that a vial of sperm from a sperm bank can run you
1: between $600 to $800. And it's not even a full ejaculate. Like, nobody wants to have that conversation, but it's a real serious conversation. Like, I could find a full ejaculate in a bathroom
0: bar. Right now. Rosa's story has so much going on. We're going to spend next week's show on it. She's amazing. And talking to her made me realize that I need a crash course on where sperm comes from. You know, like when you go shopping for it. When I've considered this as an option, I'm picturing a waiting room fully stocked with binders full of men. Kind of like the binders at a karaoke bar with less Bruce, Bono, and Prince, more donor number 311, The pages are all mysteriously sticky, each one with a different photograph and bio, the corners bent on all the best-looking guys with a PhD. And every time I visit, the woman behind the counter tells me, no, there aren't any astronauts this week. But sperm donation these days is done online, where you go to a website that feels like Tinder on opposite day. On Tinder, you dread what you're going to see in the next photo, while searching the database means you have to pay per photo. What would it be like to do that alone?
2: Hi, Andrea. This is Tanya from Rhode Island. I wanted to call and tell you my story as you remind me a lot of myself a few years ago.
0: More adventures with sperm ahead. We'll be back in a little while. Stay with us. We're back and we're talking about sperm. Is that a hair gel? Yeah. So, my birthday's in a week, and yes, you can ask my age, it's 33, guys. And for me, it feels like the only noticeable difference between 32 and 33 is going to be that when people tell me, don't worry, you've got time, I'm going to feel less confident that that's true. It always feels like the thing everyone thinks I wanna hear. It's not based off actual knowledge about the various contenders in my dating life, my fertility or how much money I've saved. Which is why I love when I hear someone tell me I don't have time, like Tanya.
2: The only regret I have is that I didn't start the very month my relationship ended.
0: Tanya wishes she'd taken the plunge into single motherhood at, yep, 33. Her emails seemed to be shouting, start yesterday. And I'm the kind of person who can get obsessed with avoiding future regret. I love reading articles about planning for my retirement, packing a go bag, the importance of taking a multivitamin. Plus, whatever Tanya did, it worked. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes, that's Zen. (laughs) Sorry, he's
2: uh, (laughs) refusing to nap. (laughs) He may be your background effects.
0: Tanya's son, Zen, is 18 months old, and it was a real adventure getting him here. She'd always known she wanted to be a mom.
2: Just my whole life, I would imagine walking my child around my childhood places and showing them, you know, where I grew up and the school I went to, and I could always walk with an imaginary child. If I was by myself, I was walking with my imaginary child. So it was just in me.
0: Is it crazy now to walk with an actual child?
2: (laughs) No, it's like the most natural thing I've ever done.
0: When it comes to making a little walking partner, Tanya's first plan was to do that with a guy who she happened to meet when she was, that magic number, 33 years old. So then I finally met somebody and was like, this
2: is perfect. I'm 33. In two years, we can have a kid if this goes well. And I um, sat him down and I was like, look, this is my life plan. I've always wanted a child. And within the next two years, that's going to be what where I want this to go. And if you're not on board, then even though we really like each other, this this relationship is going to end badly. And he was like, nope, nope, I want
0: the same as you. Right. Was there a shared plan for the future that he was able to talk about with you?
2: No, no. And then I just didn't revisit it because as a woman, it's kind of hard to You don't want to be that woman that keeps having that conversation about having children. You think, all right, I covered it in the first week. Like, he knows I want children. I wasn't shy about it. So.
0: What do you mean by that? I don't want to be the woman who keeps. you
2: You just don't want to be like that 30 something that goes on and on about having children when you've made your position very clear from the beginning. So you sort of think, I'm going to try and be that woman that's cool about it, and then as the date approaches, then I'll start talking about it again.
0: So while Tanya's walking everywhere with her hand reaching down to this imaginary kid, she's keeping this part of herself quiet. And I've done this too, because in heterosexual dating, there are these tired gender dynamics that can loom large. Like, think of every Judd Apatow movie. The Man. He's terrified of paternity, unprepared for fatherhood because his apartment's a mess, his car's a hazard. The woman, so obsessed with kids that the movie makes you nervous every time she's left alone with one. When they start dating, it's all about the sex, but then feelings develop. His friends tell him marriage isn't what it's cracked up to be. Marriage is like an unfunny version of everybody loves Raymond. Her friends tell her he must have commitment issues. When he sees the pregnancy test, he faints, drives away in the dangerous car. But then, he realizes he'll never do better than name of actress. He's afraid of becoming an old, lonely man with key stains in his trousers.
1: Okay, I know we didn't plan this, but I'm on board.
0: Yay! <laughs> Yay. In a grand, romantic gesture, he trades in the sports car for a minivan. She cleans his apartment, removing the beer cans to make room for a crib. And now our leading lady has entrapped her man. She can finally reveal the maternal urge she's been hiding this whole time.
1: (gasps) Oh my God, it's happening!
0: (sighs) It's the oldest story in the book, right? Even Eve tricked Adam into having Cain and Abel. And that's why some women like me and Tanya were afraid to tell our partners how important this is to us. What if they suddenly confuse our lust for them for baby lust? Two years into Tanya's relationship with her partner, she still wasn't sure if he was ready for the minivan.
2: I mean, men, they kind of, they know that they can keep on having babies like, I don't know, Rod Stewart or whoever, whatever famous celebrity that they're following. You know what I mean? They know that they can keep doing it.
0: Side note, Rod Stewart, father of eight, had his youngest son when he was 66 years old. He also authored the song, Forever Young.
2: I was watching my friends having children of their own and every time i would feel like a little bit sad and one day he said to me i know that you're sad because you think it's never going to happen with us and i said yeah that's what i think and he just hugged me and i was like okay that isn't really what i want I, a hug isn't going to bring me a baby <laughs> So you kind of think, should I stick with the devil I know and hope that he changes his mind? Or do I, you know what I mean? I was sort of stuck in that juxtaposition of staying or leaving.
0: Because those romantic comedies would have you believe it's about to change at any moment.
2: And then I would try and talk to him about it. And he wouldn't, he would say, I don't know. And after like a, I guess a year, over a year and a half of that, I just said to him, like, I don't know has the word no in it. So I'm going to take no as your answer. And I'm just, I'm going to leave you. Like, that's the only thing I have left to do is to do this by myself.
0: At this point, Tanya is 37 years
2: old. I would spend hours online looking at how to have a child by yourself. And I was just terrified.
0: And sure, she was worried about her biological clock. But she was also starting to worry about her bitterness clock. You know it. It's the one that makes you hide all your new parent friends on Facebook. made her realize that she might not be cut out for fostering to adopt either, especially because in fostering, you often end up having to say goodbye. I'd always said I would, I would like to adopt, but when I did the
2: course, I just thought I'm becoming a bitter person from not having a child. And if I have one and lose it, I'm going to be unbearable to myself. So let alone everybody that's, that knows me. And I just, couldn't I couldn't put myself through it even though I know it's like a good thing to do.
0: you are becoming a bitter person, how so? What does that look like yeah. <laughs> as someone who I, has shades of it
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was just jaded and I would anger more easily because you just know where you want your life to be, and it feels like a child is something that we should be able to have, and it shouldn't be this hard you know
0: how much of that bitterness is? self-directed like I've made these decisions and how much of that is specific to that last relationship I
2: think I was more angry at myself for not finding somebody suitable and for picking the wrong guy and it just felt like time wasted but I was mad at myself
0: so around this time Tanya joined an online forum for single mothers by choice she started asking a friend of hers how she did it and I
2: just thought I don't know I don't know what I'm waiting for. I can I can do this. I'm I'm fine. I have good support. I've got great friends. My mom is awesome. I can
0: I can do this. When we come back, the immaculate and oh so expensive conception of this guy. Don't, 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 be, ah,
1: ah. don't go away. <laughs> <Advertisements>. <laughs>
0: we're back with tanya who just decided to take matters into her own hands and with the help of a total stranger um taking things into his hands she became a mom to zen via sperm donation
2: like now when i think of the virgin mary i'm like i wonder if that was the first the first ivf baby (laughs) because I'm like, you definitely do not have anything that even slightly resembles sex to get your baby.
0: (laughs) So here's what it says in the good book of how Zen was made. At the age of 38, Mother Tanya did her first IUI. Then her second and her third. Her first plague was a uterus abnormality. Then she was struck down with 15 months of IVF and frozen embryo transfers. One miscarriage. And then at the age of 41... She became pregnant with the blessed baby Zen. When I think of
2: him and his conception, I think, well, there was um, me and a bunch of needles and about six doctors plus somebody to operate on me. Then, the you know, the embryologist, like it's a crazy number of, of people. It kind of blows your mind when you think how many people touched him before he even entered my uterus.
0: But who was the Holy Father?
2: I was nine weeks pregnant. You're going to laugh at me. I was nine weeks pregnant and I was watching something on TV and it was, must've been something where someone was talking about their father. And I realized that I couldn't remember which donor I used because I'd picked him so quickly. (laughs) So I like raced upstairs and started looking through my notes to find the donor. And, um, I was like, I need, I felt like I needed to connect a bit more with that side of it. So I went to the sperm bank and I put his number. There's like a forum where you can search. And when I searched his number, someone had written, we have a secret Facebook group from anybody who's had a child from this donor. Send me a message if you'd like to join. So I sent her a message. So I was nine weeks pregnant and was like, hey, guys, I hope it's okay. I'm only nine weeks pregnant. But, um, you know, I used this donor and, and uh, I got to see all of the siblings of, what my child could possibly look like, which was
0: so mind-blowing. So imagine Tanya, nine weeks pregnant, just realizing which donor finally worked, and then being welcomed into this community of other parents going through what she just did. Were there surprising advantages to getting to have your son the way you did?
2: Yeah, there definitely definitely is. I mean, I'm from a broken home anyway, so to me, being without a father wasn't as frightening as maybe it is if you had a really solid male role model. So I think that part didn't worry me as much, but there are some huge advantages that I never thought about. I mean, he's never going to have to go through a custody battle, which... Watching friends go through it's horrendous and um, so damaging on can be so damaging on children when you have a parent that bad mouths the other parent. So I feel like he's lucky for that. And we have um, been in touch with his half siblings, so people that use the same donor. And the what do you support call them? Diblings, <laughs> donor siblings. But there is something that I never imagined. Like when you you feel when you look at children who are half what your child is it's um it's like we all have the same ex but none of us have anything bad to say about him
0: (laughs) do you guys all call him the donor the donor the donor or is there a first name we have a
2: nickname we call him donor
0: don because
2: we think he looks like donny walberg
0: donny Wahlberg, the brown-haired bad boy from new kids on the block gonna get to
2: you girl so that's our pet name. We don't know his name. It's just Donadon, or just Don. If we feel particularly loving towards him, like you think he looks like, do you think he looks like Donadon in this picture? What but do you know about him? You see, like we have his pictures, like they have lifetime pictures. The sperm bank we use shows, um, you know, up until pretty much when he was donating, I guess. And from when he was a tiny little baby and, um, we know, we've heard his voice, and then we've heard, like, you, you read, like, their... Um, How do you hear his voice? Because they do a recording. They record an interview. I didn't listen to that because I didn't... when I. So Zent was my third um, round of IVF, and it was my third donor. So by the time I went for this round, I didn't believe it would work, so I didn't put a lot of effort into picking a donor, which you'll hear a lot from women when they've had a long time going through it. So... I didn't listen to the interview because I was like, whatever, I just want him to be handsome.
0: So basically, this means you guys know more about your favorite podcast hosts than Tanya wanted to know about the man whose sperm she was buying. That's how exasperated with the process she'd become.
2: Also, priorities. Oh, a good jawline. He needed a good jawline, and he needed to be, just sound, like, from his profile, he needed to sound like a decent human, which he did. So that was it. That's all I needed. So... (laughs) So, yeah. So the sibling parents... This is (laughs) such a major decision, like, who you're going to have a kid with, and you're like... I know. It's crazy. Honestly, the first one, I probably spent three days picking him. The second one, I've spent maybe three hours, and the third one, I took maybe 10 minutes.
0: But you're going to spend the rest of your life with this kid
2: who's half him. But whatever child you get, you're going to think is the child you're meant to have. So... I just knew that if I had a child, I was never going to be like, oh, I wish I
0: picked a different donor, because the other ones didn't work. Tani was able to pick out her donor by the cut of his jaw because she was going the sperm bank route. Her specific bank only allows one in every 200 applicants. Donors are all screened for diseases, even common viruses. And to qualify, they have to offer up their family's medical histories, going back as many as four generations. I even read one donor's testimony. He said that his uncle had died in a workplace accident. The sperm bank made him prove it with a newspaper article. That's how thorough this vetting can be. So Tanya's decision to focus on the jawline is a calculated risk. You're just so happy that you have the child. And it's what lots of
2: people who've had to go through multiple donors have said, is that in the end, they just didn't really care. They were like, you'll do, it's fine.
0: Can I share my... Probably a rational fear about donor sperm with you. Yeah, of course. I'm afraid I become obsessed with the guy (laughs) because he's not in my life to disappoint me. And I'm raising his child and I have this cute photo and we shared this, this thing and I would develop a whole world inner life for him that I'm sharing with him, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but you, but then what brings you to your like reality check is
2: if you decide to meet with the other siblings is that there is 15 to, well, probably 25 other families that have used him. So it kind of makes the whole sister wife thing a bit creepy. If you start imagining his life too much.
0: But he's know. kind of a god in this way, right? He's fathered this whole community of children that yeah. are my child's brothers and sisters. I would join his cult at that point. <laughs> well, he is.
2: I mean, he's definitely pretty cute. But you would, you'll be surprised. You just don't think about about him. When I look at my child and he does something, I only see myself. So I can see when um when my friends and their like the donor siblings do stuff that looks like Zen. It just looks like my child. It doesn't look like the donor. It's a really weird, it's this thing that your mind bypasses that you don't realize when you have a child from a donor. You think that you're going to be like super, I don't know, that he'll, you'll think about him more, but you just don't think about him. Hmm. It's really weird. If we talk about him, we'll say, we'll just be like so thankful that this stranger did this thing, which He doesn't realize just what an amazing impact he's made on all of our lives. And there's a lot of very willful kids, so they're blaming that. But also they're very um, strong. Like they're, I don't know, they all seem to have like, they're just very strong kids, like good health and they're pretty smart. I think he gets that from me, but I guess some of them think that the donor must have been exceptionally smart because all of the kids seem pretty advanced, like hit their milestones early and stuff.
0: I mean, sends a smarty pants. But like any kid, he sometimes cries on the floor because Tanya won't let him eat an entire cake for breakfast. Some days I'm ready for him to go to bed, but most of the time I'm like, oh, come on, stay
2: up a bit longer. Let's have some wine. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Because he's fun to hang out with. He's so fun to hang out with. He's so goofy. So how much does a fun kid like him cost? You know, who cares about bankruptcy? When you have a baby. Really? Kind of I mean, I'm still in debt and i haven't I haven't paid any of it off but but um, I don't know. you just find a way. It's really crazy how life sort of falls into place
0: and you find you find money where you never thought you would just for my own planning a little, yeah. and everyone else's how much debt would you say this is? I
2: spent fifty thousand dollars to bring him here
0: <sighs> is anyone else feeling like really warm and sick right now, like in their stomachs. When you wrote us, you said you had this regret. The regret of not
2: doing it sooner. Like the the thing is, I think like everybody, I thought that my fertility would be good, even though I was older, like I had a regular cycle. I was healthy. Her advice for me? Go and see an Ari. Go and see an Ari.
0: That's a reproductive endocrinologist I just learned.
2: Whew, it's warm in here. I wish you luck. I'm rooting for
0: you. And at 43 years old, Tanya is thinking about trying for a second with, who else? Donor Don. Yeah, he did a good job. He has some good swimmers. With all this sperm talk, we're curious about the role donation has played in your family. We even want to hear some stories from regular donors. Tell us at the thelongestshortesttime.com in the comments section for this episode, that's episode number 152. This podcast is produced by me, Andrea Salenzi, with Kristen Clark. Our executive producer and editor is Hilary Frank. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. Our technical director is the Reverend John Delore. Our music is performed by Hotmoms.gov and directed by Allison Layton Brown. We get editorial support from Antonia Acatunde, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Peter Clowney, Raika Murthy, and Julia Wang. Next week on the show, as promised, we're going to hear from Rosa again, all about her adventures in family planning as a queer woman of color. I want full on, you know, Mexican sperm. I
1: want like the most Mexican sperm I can find, but... We also know that there are white Mexicans like Louis C.K. I don't want that sperm.
0: Make sure you are subscribed to The Longest Shortest Time in Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, wherever you like. And as always, we want to hear your stories. Right now, we especially want to hear from single guys who have chosen to go at it alone. Any single dads by choice out there? Go to longestshortesttime.com hit the participate tab and submit your story.
1: I'm Sean Ramisfurm, the host of Today Explained, a new show from Vox. It's an all-killer, no-filler daily news explainer that'll answer all the questions you ask yourself about the news. Our show's going to
0: explain the news every way we know how. Clips, trips, radio drama, maybe even a song.
1: We're gonna drop it for the dinner bell every afternoon, But not on the weekend. The music comes fast so we keep it spontaneous. Today Explained. Explain, explain. She was warned. Nevertheless, today, she persisted. Gordy, I hope
2: there are tapes. Alternative facts. Very fine people on both sides.
1: Reclaiming today, my time. Fire and fury. When nobody today, ever has to say, today, me too, again. Today, today Explained.
0: Today Explained starts February 19th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And with the help of a total stranger taking things into his hands, she became a <laughs> mom to Zen fias. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a masterpiece. That <laughs> makes me
0: so happy. Oh my God, it's so good. Okay, I'm shutting up. Sorry. I'm doing it again. Okay. <laughs> Three. I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this one. Dun, 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 dun. Skitcher. Skitcher.